Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sports Section, a podcast brought to you by the Rider News. My name is Carl Pascal. Join alongside me, as always, Dylan Manfrey and Jake Tiger. We've got a lot to go over on this week's episode, and it's mostly going to be basketball-related with a men and women's basketball rider. Uh, the men's team, at least, finally coming home after a long, long seven-game road trip, uh, finally getting back. Uh, onto the court of alumni gym and the women's basketball team finally earning their first win of the season. So why don't we start with them first? So I'm going to pass it on over to Dylan to talk about them. All right, boys. Well, if you want a blueprint on how to make the first two wins of the season hard, you might as well take a look at what the women's basketball team is doing because boy, do they make it hard. It's, I know they want to get wins, but my goodness, if you want to drop the, most impossible way to do it, there you go. There is the team to look at. They made these two wins extremely hard to get. And I know some people have the philosophy, a win is a win. Both wins were really gutsy, especially this latest one against, um, not NJIT, that was the first win. Who did they play yesterday? I'm drawing Army. Them. What the heck? What? Army. Army, yes. Hello. Um, <laughs> against Army. Army mounted a 10-point comeback in the fourth quarter, tied it up. There were fouls at the buzzer and an Eckerstedt foul out of the game with, like, 0.6 seconds left. And there were a couple intentionally missed free throws from Hope Brown of Army. It was a mess. It was a mess. You couldn't really exhale until you walked off the court, you know, a little sloppy in that fourth quarter, which was a really big contrast, to be honest with you, with how they played in the third. Riders' defense held held um, held Army to really just two field goals, I think, in that entire quarter, which was remarkable, you know, and really showed how the defense has stepped up as of late. But one thing that really was a cause for concern in this game was the offensive rebound disparity. At halftime, there was only, I think, like four offensive rebounds total for Ryder. And at the end of the game, it was just a mess. I think they got out out rebounded on the offensive end, like thirty two to nine. Like that's yeah, that's exactly bad. Wow, you got to get Rafaela Toussaint in there grabbing some boards. You need to get Lenage Evans in there grabbing some boards. You need to get six foot four center Sophie Brunches in there grabbing some boards. She's six four. That's what you're supposed to do. Too many times, and give Victoria Toomey some credit. She's getting some boards too, but too many times I've seen Victoria Toomey and Sophie Brunches really just stand there and put their hands up, and you'll see a smaller guard like go around them and just scoop it up and under, trying to get, trying to draw a foul. That's what you do against players who are like that in your front court, and. I think with with Sophie Brunches, it might be a confidence thing because she hasn't really played that many games in her rider career. Remember, even last year, she only played like three before she got injured for the season. She's been battling injuries for a while in the offseason, the preseason period, like what have you. It's It's been a tumultuous time at rider for her, um, physically at least. But, you know, she's still getting her seed legs back to division one basketball, I would say. Um, but Victoria Toomey's been here for three, 
been here for three years, been a st- regular starter for two um, of those years. And, you know, you still see some guards, like, going around her, like, jump up, grab the ball with two hands. And that's what you got to do. That's what Lynn Milligan was saying. Like, you just got to get that ball with two hands and just, just hold it, you know. And that really – that's what Army did. However, what kept it close, even though Army had a lot of offensive rebounds, they didn't have that many second-chance points. That was the big disparity there. Um, against NJIT, Ryder kept its turnovers at a reasonable number. But NJIT's turnovers were converted into points for Ryder. That's where Ryder had a lot of its advantage. And that's something Ryder hasn't had quite, quite a lot this season. And, you know, there was some good scoring too. But even against NJIT, NJIT mounted an 11-point comeback late in the game. They made it. They made it competitive. You obviously, Ryder wants to win by a lot, but it's not. It's making it pretty damn hard. And you know, we'll see. We'll see how things go against Wagner on Tuesday, uh, the day before this episode is is released. But it caps a stretch of I think Lynn Lynn said like five games in eleven days. The this recent stretch is three games in eight days. So yeah, it's it's a lot in it's a lot of games and not a lot of time, you know, especially two of them being on the road. But you know, this team, this team is starting to starting to gel a little bit. You know, we saw it against Columbia when they only lost by three. But you know, they're starting to get their legs back and you know, maybe starting to get into a little bit of a groove here, which they if they can do it now before going into Mac play, that'd be pretty fun. That'd be pretty good. A lot better than last season when they started out the year 1-12. But, you know, Mac plays coming up. You might want to be ready for it. Quinnipiac, yeah, you, you definitely Quinnipiac, want to be ready for it. Yeah, Quinnipiac's your first opponent, the second-ranked team in the Mac, with Trish Fabry as a head coach, by the way. Rose Caverly still still balling. Michaela Morris still balling. Mackenzie Deweese still balling, running point guard duties. You know, that The crew, usual. That crew. The usual. Amani free, still hitting shots. But, uh, Dylan, I want to ask you now, like you said, that both Army and NJIT mounted comebacks late in the game. Mm-hmm. Is it not so much a, a an issue with the team being able to close out games, or would you say it was a, being able to hold a lead? Is that the issue? I think they just – I think it – you know, with the players that I've spoken to, I think a consensus is that they, they might just be letting up on the gas a little bit. They're, they're not – that energy isn't continuing into the fourth quarter when it really needs to. And maybe they just get comfortable with their leads because they come few and far between, as we've seen over the course of the season. When they have a lead, they really tr- – it hasn't been that big. The biggest lead of the season has been, I believe, like 10 points. You know, they're not getting out to like crazy leads that like you can comfortably say like the other team isn't mounting a comeback against. You know, we're not they're not playing a team like, you know, Canisius. They're not playing, you know, a really bottom feeder team yet. You know, they had a tough stretch. They, you know, they opened up against Penn State. They opened. And then, 
you just have a they had an interesting non-conference schedule. Um, but yeah, I think I think this team has just let up on the gas a little bit. You know, if they can really just stay consistent for a full, you know, 40 minutes, I think they're fine. And I think if they like objectively, they're doing all right. Like offensively, you know, sometimes, yes, they will have quarters where they just straight up just miss shots. You know, that happens. But it's not like they're committing like outlandish, obvious turnovers. I do think the offensive rebound disparity needs to, you know, that needs to be uh, decreased a little bit. But that'll come in due time, hopefully. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. And and especially with that with that disparity, I mean, when we when when we get to Mac play, that'll definitely drop. Um, one, especially- can only, one can only hope because you're not going to beat a team like Fairfield with only nine offensive rebounds. Lou Lopez Senchal will bully you in the paint. You know, yeah. she, she's a forward, but moves like a guard. She has the best footwork in the league. Michaela Morris down low. She's obviously a better rebounder than Rafi Toussaint. However, you know, Rafi's a lot more confident now. Let's give that to her. You know, we've seen that time and time again this year. You know, she's had like two double-doubles in the last two games, both of which Ryder won, obviously. And that's something big too, you know. And especially with this new lineup change with Lanasia Evans running point guard duties and Jessica Schiffer, you know, in there as well, you know. That's something we haven't talked about yet, and I happen to just love it. I think Amanda Mobley should not should have been moved out of the starting lineup a while ago, but you know she's still the senior leader on this team. Make no mistake about it. Um, Lanesha Evans also a senior. Now you have a senior and a junior in your in your lineup. Jessica Schiffer has two years of D one experience over at Buffalo, over at University of Buffalo. You know, Lanesha Evans has has, uh, you know, three years of collegiate basketball experience. I think two of them were at the, you know, the JUCO level, I believe. I, I think it was JUCO, yeah. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank about where she transferred here from. But, hey, two big transfers in your starting lineup, now getting more comfortable in your system. One of them has a year under under her belt in Ryder's system. One of them has just a few games, for that matter, in Jessica Shipper. But I think that both of them are adjusting really nicely. And I like this starting lineup. I think it's a more cohesive lineup. It works better with Michaela Fireball when she gets to score a lot more. But Lanesha Evans is taking up the scoring on herself. That's why that's why Michaela might not be doing as much scoring as she did last season. But hey, is more than fine. You know, take, yeah, I, I was gonna say with 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 Rafi and Lanesha <clears throat> um as your starting lineup, especially like you said with the scoring. Then you have Michaela, who's that third option, who in probably last year we thought would have would have been either the first or second option and coming into still, this season. I, I would say that too. You know, coming into the season, we did think Michaela was gonna be that first option again, but then Lanasia started having some good games. Rafi started having some good games. The thing is though, Michaela's not doing as much scoring as we saw from her last season, and that needs to change. Her point total needs to go up. She had that 26-point game earlier in the season that tied her career high, you know, and that was fantastic. That was great. That was 
that was freshman year Michaela Fireball, that one co-rookie of the year. We got to see some of that again from her. We got to see that offensive firepower. She's not shooting the ball particularly well, but she's dropping points when she needs to. And I think Ryder needs, needs her to do a little bit more of that. Well, do you think that's in part of how, of how well Anasia and Rafi have played? It, it can be. It can absolutely be. The, poor, the points are still there for Michaela to get, though. Obviously, Rafi and Lanasia doing a lot of it is, you know, doesn't hurt whatsoever. Make no mistake about that. But, you know, the points are still get there for Michaela to get. There's even points for Victoria Toomey to get. You know, and you got Jessica Schiffer still warming up in, in Ryder's system. But remember, she led Buffalo in three-point percentage at just over 34%. You got – we're still trying to await that Jessica Schiffer to get to Ryder. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, against Army and against NJIT, we saw her take a couple more threes. So she's getting comfortable enough to create her own shots, get a little fancy maybe. Maybe not fancy. Fancy might be the wrong word. But just create some space and do and maybe hold the ball a little longer in order to do that. So once once those three pointers like start falling in, then Jessica will, you know, fall back a bit and get more comfortable making those shots and hitting those points. All right. And uh well, I guess this would have uh the game on Tuesday would have happened already by the time this goes out. So looking Towards the towards the future, past uh, past the game that well would have happened yesterday. Uh, what is the next game that the women play, Dylan? After Wagner. After Wagner, yes. Let me pull this up on my calendar. I don't U.S. Uh, Naval Academy, Navy. It's Navy on the twelfth. Okay. And then, boys, they have a week until Mac play. They don't, they don't play from the – after the 12th, their next game's on the 18th against Quinnipiac. In alumni gym, by the way. Quinnipiac coming here? What a way to kick things off. Yeah, great way. Great way to start MAC play for, uh, for the think, women's team. I think that week is going to be very important, especially, especially, you know, determining – well, that it'll be determined how – that week goes, you know, and what they work on based on how the Navy game goes and the Wagner game on Tuesday goes. But that week's very important. The weekly well, back play is always very important. It, of course, it's always important. But your first week, or I, I guess I should say weekend and a day of Mac play is Quinnipiac and then Siena yeah. in a three-day span. That's Riders huge for the start of the MAC play, for Riders the start of conference play. Ryder certainly has its work cut out for him. You know, Ryder coming in the preseason poll at five, Quinnipiac coming in at two, Trish Fabry and their system, their reputation in the league. We all know how, we all know Trish Fabry. We all know how she how she is, how she rolls that crew. You know, you got you still got Jen Fay, I believe, one of their all time greats um, as an assistant coach. So. There's no shortage of stardom about that Quinnipiac roster up in Hamden, Connecticut. Yeah, shout there definitely isn't. Shout out to the boys up there. Will Fowler, who has graduated. Everyone in between. 
yeah, they're a shout out to all of them, uh, especially last year getting to cover the Mac tournament with them it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but Brandon O'Sullivan, yes, sir. Sully. But uh, yeah. moving on from the women's side of things, let's move over to the men's. Now they have started Mac play, and wow. they it, started it all right. <laughs> that's the best way to put it. They started it, and it did not start well, uh, to say the least, against. Uh, Iona and Marist were the first two games of Mac play and oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. It was not pretty. So um, let me ask you guys this. Well, girl, you and I saw it earlier. Sean's headline to his column is let's hope it's just jet lag. So let's hope it's just jet lag, right? Talk about their recent travels. They were all oh boy. They've been they've been all over the Mac so far this year, um, or not over the Mac, all over the uh, the U.S. so far this year. Um, they played all the way up from all the way as north, far north as Buffalo, and as far south as uh, Rivera Maya, Mexico. And they've been uh, all over the the southeast with games against two SEC opponents, uh, Ole Miss and South Carolina. Played two games against Bucknell. Now they come into Mac play on uh, the third and the fo- the third and the fifth, where there are two games, a Friday and a Friday and Sunday, and it was not pretty. Ex- well, okay, the game against Marist was better. The game against Iona on the third, the first game of Mac play, the opening game, was absolutely terrible, and that's the only way I can put it. It, it was god awful. They lost 80 to 54, which is the largest loss that they've had this season. And I don't know if they had a loss that big last year. It it was bad. <laughs> it was bad, uh, to say the least. And and I'll let Jake uh, talk a little bit about that. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, it was about as bad as you could have imagined. You say that that Marist game was a little bit better, and I, I definitely agree, but um, it's not – what you want to see from your team because that Iona game was nobody, nobody showed up. Everybody just got destroyed. Um, but then the, in that Maris game, it was nobody again, except for Demenzio Vaughn who decided to have probably one of the better games of his college career, 28 points, uh, 10 rebound, five. Um, but then after him, it was pretty much nobody. And across these two games, the the main thing that really jumps out, and is honestly pretty gross is the shooting. Um, in the game against Iona, the team as a whole was uh, one for 18 from three, 5.6%. Really, really bad. Uh, and then against Marist, the team was, uh, Dementio was five for seven. If you exclude him, the rest of the team was two for 10. Um, again, really, really bad. Um, and you just, you're not going to win games. Uh, shooting like that um, I, I guess for the other teams against Ryder the path to victory so far has been uh, protect the paint get rebounds and have a decent shooting night because Ryder is just going to kill them themselves by not being able to make any shots yeah you're not wrong there um, I would I wouldn't 
even argue that like the the easiest thing that other teams need to do is is protect the paint and and get rebounds. It's just shoot. The defense has been terrible from Ryder. It's just shoot. Yeah, that that's another thing. Like you want to hope that's jet lag. You know, in the Iona game and the Maris game, they did look slow. Um, and I I did see a little bit of that earlier in the season two against Coppin State when I was at that game. Um, but it wasn't nearly as bad as it was in these last two games. And you really want to hope that the team is just tired, really, really worn down after thousands and thousands of miles of travel. Um, but yeah, that was not good to see, but I feel like that's something uh, if coach Baggett really hones in on it, uh, they can, they can fix that. They have the athleticism to get a step quicker on defense. Yeah, they do. And I want to bring it up because me and you, Jake, and, and Sean, we were talking about it, how surprisingly calm Coach Baggett was in the press conference yesterday uh, after the game against Marist. Were you a little bit – or were you just as surprised as that as, as me and Sean were? Yeah, I mean, you know, as a, a head coach, you always have confidence in your team even if it's irrational at times. And even I'm, I'm not saying Coach Baggett's confidence is irrational. There were a lot of factors at play, um, the scheduling, all the travel, uh, these teams just being really good also. You know, it's not like Ryder was, should have been favored in either of these games. Um, but I just don't agree with his, his thinking that um, with some rest and some time in the gym that, this team is all of a sudden going to be really competing with, with even teams like Maris that aren't at the, the tippy tippy top of the Mac. I just think this team has real problems. Like when you think of the Ryder men's basketball team, I just, I don't know what their identity is. I don't know what thing or a couple of things that, that they do well. If I'm, if I'm an opposing coach uh, scheming against the Bronx, I don't know what I'm trying to stop, what I'm trying to take away from them. Uh, so that we can win I like I don't know what this team's team's goal is uh, what their game plan is on any given night that's the that's the best way I could have put it that was articulated very well yes um and like so far sorry my bad no go ahead I just want to say like in these games that they've won I guess it kind of lines up with their shooting numbers because they've only won – they're three and eight, I think. In the, in the uh, games yes. that they've won, the, the path to victory has just been hoping that uh, Demencio and, and DJ and Merv all combine for uh, 60, 65 points. And then, you know, you hopefully have some other people fill in like 10 or 15, and then that's, that's how you get enough points to win. But you just can't rely on that, I, I think. I don't think Coach Baggett right now really trusts his bench. You see how he's still finagling with the lineups. He's taking people out, putting them in. They have all these different guards that they're playing. They don't have a, a set rotation, you know, after the starting five. Well, now the sixth man is, is Mervin if, he, if he's staying on the bench. But after Mervin, uh, you don't know. I guess it's the guards, really. Like, like with the guards, you don't really know who – the guy is you could say it's McKeithen but is he really that much better than the other ones well I I would argue Dwight is is your guard is your number one guard 
Um, well, off the bench. Oh, off the bench. Off the bench. If it's off the bench, at this point, it's most likely McKeithen, like you said. Um, then who knows if 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 Bags is going to keep Mervin at the Mervin Mervin coming as the six, uh, six man coming off the bench. Then what happens with Nehemiah Benson, who barely played at all against Marist? Um, right. Forced Ajiri to play what was it, twenty minutes or something like that? Yeah, didn't that even was, actually that made no sense to me. It it, it really didn't make any sense. Um, and it, Baggett's answer uh, when I asked him about that in their interview was like strangely cryptic. Like uh, he he didn't want to disclose something, but I don't want to read too much into it because. Like he was true, true saying that the road trip was crazy. He was all worn down. They didn't want to lean on him too much. Um, he got left in Mexico because of visa issues. Like everybody was just tired and wanted to get into the break. But I don't know how you have your tallest player at six ten, also, which is just small to begin with. But I don't know how you only have him playing twenty one minutes or something like that when you really need his size. Yeah. You, you can't have him play that little in a game, especially during Mac play against a team like Marist, who, if they had gotten a little bit more production from the bench, I think Ryder could have won that game. Yeah. If you got 10 more points from the bench, you're in that game. Honestly, I think the main problem in this game was the starting lineup. If, if DJ even has an average game for him, uh, the rider is right in this game, but he he barely was able to pull anything together. I checking the stats. He yeah, he didn't have a good game. Yeah, he was not good. He had four points on one for seven. Uh, that's you got the Alan Powell stat line. That's that's not what you want from DJ. Yeah, yeah, you can't have that. It's, I mean, me and Sean have ta- have talked about it a little bit. Where and I I think it's been a recurring theme so far this season where DJ is having hit and miss nights. Either he's scoring thirty points or he's scoring five. And especially for someone like Alan Powell, who last year the Bronx leaned on a lot um, to to make crucial crucial shots, was I wouldn't say a, a certified bucket, but he was an average shooter last year. Even even closer to above average. Bottom line is Alan Powell was knocking down his shots last year. Now he's not. Yeah, that's he's that's exactly what it is. He's been there in very very right. few flashes. Yeah. Um. That's consistently that's the inconsistent. Thing. Exactly. Consistently inconsistent. Perfect. Um. And and DJ's been a little bit like that, but nowhere near as much. And now now the team has a break. Next game on December 18th against Rutgers at Rutgers, um, which is an interesting game. The last non-conference game of the season, um, which I'm a little surprised that they threw this game in this late into the year, um, to be honest, um, especially with two Mac games already played. But regardless, we'll have to see what the team can do against against the Scarlet Knights. It'll be interesting to see how how they play against them. Yeah, I, I think that's a winnable game. And I, I think, you know, I, I'm not saying it'll be easy 
just winnable. And I think it could be exactly what this, this team needs. I think from trying to see where uh, Coach Baggett is coming from, the, this team is tired. They've been in a slump. Their confidence is like at an all-time low. And now they have this break. They can get their legs back under them. And they can come out and play against Rutgers in a non-conference game. So there's essentially no pressure. And they could kind of just uh, let it fly and, and test themselves one more time before they really get into the meat of, of, of Mac play. And if they come out and they, they play well against Rutgers, it could be just what they need to get the ball rolling for the rest of the season. And it could be a, a turning point, good or bad, I think. Yeah, I think so as well. But either way, that's going to wrap it up for the podcast here today. You've been listening to the Sports Section, a podcast brought to you by the Rider News. Have a good one, everyone.